The Dornishman flung away his ruined shield, grasped the spear in both hands, and sauntered away. Behind him, the mountain let out a groan and pushed himself onto an elbow. Oberon whirled cat-quick and ran at his fallen foe. Elia! He screamed as he drove the spear down with the whole weight of his body behind it. The crack of the ashwood shaft snapping was almost as sweet a sound as Cersei's wail of fury. And for an instant, Prince Oberon had wings. The snake had vaulted over the mountain. Four feet of broken spear jutted from Clegane's belly as Prince Oberon rolled, rose, and dusted himself off. He tossed aside the splintered spear and claimed his foe's greatsword. If you die before you say her name, sir, I will hunt you through all seven hells, he promised. Sir Gregor tried to rise. The broken spear had gone through him and was pinning him to the ground. He wrapped both hands about the shaft, grunting, but could not pull it out. Beneath him was a spreading pool of red. Prince Oberon moved closer. Say the name. He stood over the fallen mountain, deathly patient, his face still as stone, his eyes aflame. As if in one final act of defiance, Clegane's hand shot up to grab Oberon's leg, but the Dornishman was ready. Wheeling away, he came out of a graceful spin and in one move took off the hand of his foe with his own greatsword. Sir Gregor's back arched in pain as Oberyn Martell moved to stand over his head. Say her name, he repeated, his voice now calm. Gazing up at him, his eyes racked with pain, Gregor managed to whisper, It was almost a plea. Oberyn stood over him for a moment before kneeling next to Gregor's head and leaning in close, close enough to kiss. And now she rests, he whispered. The Prince of Dorne then stood, flinging Sir Gregor's sword just out of reach of his one remaining hand. He turned and walked away, his gait determined yet calm, his face still as stone. Scarcely believing what he had seen, Tyrion broke the stunned silence, blurting, Martell, you must finish him! He is finished, Oberyn replied as he passed Tyrion, his eyes focused on the red keep ahead of him. It is finished. Welcome everyone to Davos Fingers episode 100. What if the Viper conquered the mountain? I'm Scatty, and with me as always is my buddy Matt. Hey, Scatty. Hey, everybody. So our first What If episode was a lot of fun. We talked about uh, what if Rhaegar had won at the Trident. And this one is going to be fun, too. If yeah. if you don't know how we do this, uh, it's briefly we debate how the series would have gone if one singular event had gone a little differently. In this case, tonight, we ponder. What if Oberyn had beaten the mountain at Tyrion's trial by combat? That's right. It's going to be a fun one. And our 100th episode, Matt, we haven't, ha we don't have anything special really prepared like, or anything. Yeah, we didn't even like really write anything down or anything. Like, well, no. this is triple digits, man. It only took us six years to do it almost, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so congratulations on getting to episode 100. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun episode. Um, you know, we've only done one of these so far, but but it's been a lot of fun, right? I think um, it's something I think we want to want to continue doing for a little bit. Yep. At least. Uh, moving on to announcements. Um, you guys probably, if you're listening to us, hopefully you're also listening to Radio Westeros and better. 
yeah, checking out all the stuff they do because they're amazing. Uh, well, I was on it a week ago as of this episode's release date, tomorrow as of our recording date, <laughs> so I'm a little I'm, I'm a little nervous. Um, I'm sure I will have had fun by the time you're listening to this. You're going to do and amazing, baby. I'm really excited I get to talk about Arya for, you know, an hour or whatever, and uh, one of my favorite characters, and... Um, I've seen I've seen an outline so far of kind of the topics and written down some thoughts and uh, it's gonna be fun. I I I disagree with the signs of Radio Westeros on a few things and I'm excited to talk about it with them. It's it's gonna be really excited exciting for me. Uh, and Matt, you're joining them uh, sometime in August, I think, as as well. I know you had to bow out a couple of weeks ago, um, and we'll we'll be announcing that when we when we got a more firm date. Yeah, we don't have a date quite yet, but we'll be talking about uh, John Cunnington. Ooh, John Con. Uh, so Cunning. just go to YouTube, you guys. If you want to, if you want to watch the streams of winter, you don't know how to access it. You just go to YouTube, type in streams of winter, and you'll find it. it'll come right up. And you know, start with the Aria episode because I'm on it, and that's probably gonna be the best one. Let's be honest. So start right. there. Yeah, it will be. I can't wait. Uh, Patreon reminder, no charge this month, uh, probably for a little bit. We'll still be delivering at the same time, so we're releasing on Fridays right now, which is the early release uh, benefit for our patrons. Um, so we'll keep doing that for a bit. Yeah, and you might have noticed, some of you patrons, that you got a refund recently. I apologize for that. Patreon makes you go cancel before every billing, and I've forgotten and gone in on like the second or third each month or something mm-hmm. and realized that I forgot to cancel it for that month. And so we've done refunds. I'm sorry. It's yeah. just a weird time and my head is not completely in the game. Sorry about that. I think anyone out there would understand exactly where you're coming from. Although it is difficult to understand what goes on inside Scat's head. <laughs> it can be. It can <laughs> be. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and um, just one little thing, Kalisar, you know, um, I talked about it on Twitter a little bit, but uh, as happens in life, we had a a death in our family, and my wife's cousin, to be exact, which sometimes you have different relationships with your cousin. Sometimes you know him really well, sometimes you don't. This was a really close cousin of my wife's who, who passed unexpectedly at the young age of 36. He was a great, great man, and we lost him way too soon. Um, and I kind of just said something about it on Twitter just because it was on my mind, and I threw it out there as I do. And one of our, uh, one of our blood riders replied and said, hey, what can, we, what can we do to help this guy's family out? So I tweeted out the link to a GoFundMe that was uh, set up to help his family, you know, with funeral expenses and just getting by. After that, and before we knew it, donation after donation after donation started coming in um, from from members of the Kalisar who don't even know this guy, Skad, uh, including you, Scotty. Thank you very much for your generosity. Um, but names that I was just recognizing, donating, donating, donating. And there were a lot of anonymous ones, too. And I know who those anonymous ones were. I, I know exactly who it was. Uh, but it was... It was very heartwarming to to tell his widow that at the funeral, tell her that story about the kindness of the Kalisar, and 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 it moved her and it moved her to tears, tears of, of gratitude. She'd cried a lot of tears of sadness that weekend, and to see some tears of gratitude was really cool. So, thank you from my family to yours uh, 
for your generosity there. It says a lot about the type of people who are in this fandom and the and the people who ride with us in our Kalasar sked. So, thank you. Our Kalasar is a special group, Matt. Yep. And um, yeah, it's it's very moving. Thank you to the Kalasar. We ride together. Um, you know, Matt and he. Anybody riding with you is riding with me as well, and um, likewise. You know, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad other members of the Kalasar kind of came came to your aid, and, and that of your family. It's it's great. Yeah. Sorry for your loss. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Guys, we're a family, man. This is really cool. It's it's special. It's special. So. Thanks, Kalasar. Taking care of taking care of my buddy. Thank you. All right. Uh, so we've we've said this before. Uh, last episode, more specifically, these episodes are weird. Um, like we talk about all sorts of things. I mean, the, the spider webby nature of how all of George's events interrelate means that these changes have far-reaching consequences to things that you might not even think about on first glance. And so this can go anywhere. We probably won't hit Duncan Egg. It doesn't probably extend into the past. Really? But other than that, yeah. pretty much everything is off is off, is off limits. So, or in, in, within our limits. Right. So, beware of spoilers. They're going to be everywhere. Right. And with this new format, we love getting ideas. We've brainstormed a little bit, Scad and myself. But like, for example, our buddy Brett over at Planetos Podcast sent us a great idea just the other day on Twitter. That, uh, that got me thinking. So we love to hear your ideas of, of what ifs and just your general thoughts on the episodes and uh, anything else you want to talk to us about. So you know where you can find us, davosfingers.com. We are davosfingers at gmail.com. Twitter at davosfingers. You can find us on Facebook and uh, you can check out Patreon over at patreon.com slash davosfingers. Yeah, we love we love getting getting emails from you guys. Uh, we got a great one this week. That Is I it the Duncan Egg one? Yet. The Duncan yeah, Egg. Yeah, that one. was great. <laughs> yeah, we got it from. Uh, I'll just say uh, Jessica is her name, um, and just calling us out basically, like, "Hey, your guys' coverage of Duncan Egg was not so great." You missed some things. You took it way too seriously. These are lighter stories, and I loved it because we did. I think we. I think you and I. I don't. I'm not sure we missed it. It was our interpretation, and I, I don't mean to back away from it. Yeah. Um. But, you know, she she's like these are these are lighter stories, and um, I get it. Yep. I I I, I get her perspective, and I loved it. I loved reading that email. Yep. And I, uh, I thought the same thing. I was like, okay. I I still, if I could go back, I probably would treat it the same way maybe but uh, i really loved getting that perspective and she was right yeah so i loved hearing yeah it. night of the seven kingdoms guys a great more lighthearted story and, right. and matt and i matt and i i think we look deep as, as you know we try to do not as deep as some perhaps but uh and we found some themes that we we felt were maybe a little a little darker and deeper mm-hmm. but they are a little bit lighter those stories and anyway a great uh, email from jessica yep. if you're listening thank you for that thank email. you jessica great. that was fun it was great to read, and hopefully they'll be replying here very soon. Um, Sounds like you did. <laughs> just now, just on the, just on air. <laughs> you know, just let everyone have have my reply. Email reply all. <laughs> reply all. Whether you wanted to or not, Jessica. Sorry about that. 
We ready to jump in? Yeah, let's do this thing, man. All right, so quick summary of, of what actually happened, okay? So you got Joffrey Lanathian. Yeah, Joffrey Ooh. Lanathian, King of the Seven Kingdoms. He's dead, okay? Tyrion Lannister, recently married, recently Hand of the King, and recently Savior of King's Landing, is blamed for it. I mean, there's motive. There's actually reasonable suspicion. Joffrey was kind of a dick to him. But just one thing, Tyrion didn't do it. He's innocent. A, but a long, drawn-out trial ensues. Yeah, now prior to this, Obi Martell, Obi Obi-Wan, Oberyn Martell, mm-hmm. the freewheeling, spear-wielding, fierce younger brother of, of the gouty, far less mobile Prince Doran Martell of Dorne, had come to King's Landing uh, with a full retinue of, of, of other nobles uh, to fill his brother's seat on the small council and, and uh, to further he and Dorne's plans to exact revenge upon the killers of his sister, Elia, and her two children from 17 years ago. Yep, yep. So he's there uh, in the midst of this trial. Speaking of the trial, it's not going well for Tywin Lannister's youngest son. Witness after witness testifies against him, culminating with Shay, the quote-unquote woman he had loved, throwing him completely under the bus. (sighs) Having been somewhat prepared for this outcome, Tyrion plays his last card. He calls for a trial by combat. Yeah, Tywin is furious, as anyone probably would be when the trial seems over and someone just invokes some backup plan on you. Mm-hmm. Cersei's overjoyed, though, because she thinks it cements his fate. She's confident that any champion Tyrion could possibly bring out has no chance against her pre-selected champion, Ser Gregor Clegane, the mountain that rides. This guy's eight feet, eight feet of hulking muscle, this victory to Cersei is a no-brainer. Yep. Anyone, anyone, doesn't you just don't stack up. But Tyrion's champion had also been recently pre-selected. Obi-Wan Martell, already acting as a judge in the trial, but thirsty for vengeance, had met with Tyrion secretly the night prior to this and volunteered to fight for him in exchange for the truth of who had killed his sister and her children. That's right. And Tyrion gave him part of that truth in that confession. He, he said he said the mountain, uh, but he didn't confess the whole truth. In any, in any event, mm-hmm. in the canon account, Oberyn Martell, armed with his poison-tipped spear, uh, he gracefully outmaneuvers his plotting opponent and lands small but deadly wounds to Gregor. He's on the cusp of victory when he oversteps himself a bit, he allows the mountain to grasp. The mountain grasps him, and instead of wheeling away, like Matt described in his uh, breathtaking cold open, uh, <laughs> he grips him and pulls him down and squeezes him to death. Just like that, Tyrion's hopes are dashed. Uh, in the DF account, though, that's the Davos Fingers account, Oberyn's patience finally pays off with a long-awaited victory, again, as you heard in the cold open. Yeah. I wanted, like, I wanted there to be pain, you know? So I threw yeah. in the Gregor getting his hand pain. cut off. Suffering. Yeah. What is the rest of the quote? Suffering. What does he say after that? Uh, I forget. The dark yeah, I... side. No, I don't know. The dark side I sense in you. Something. 
Yeah. No, Cooper I think I'm mixing quotes. That dark side. Um, so uh, I-, I wanted to throw in a little bit of suffering there. Um, yeah. I, I, but I did throw in, I, I don't know if, if you noticed, but I tried to throw in some lines from the actual account, like splice them into mine, like where he said, where I said, Oberon stood over him for a moment before kneeling next to Gregor's head and leaning in close, close enough to kiss. That's, that's a line from the account when, when Gregor actually pulls Oberon in and is squeezing him. Mm. Uh, he says that line close enough to kiss. Um, but in this one, I, I decided that Oberon, he, the reason that he tipped the poison spear in the first place is because he wanted Gregor to die a slow, agonizing death. So that's why I didn't have him like finish him, like stabbing him through the throat or something. He just left him to let the poison run its agonizing course and just die there in front of everybody, bleeding out and everything. So, Yeah, it's lovely. It's great. And, um, uh, yeah, I loved your account. Um, the trial, you know, the trial itself, reading that, the trial by battle, mm-hmm. uh, it's agonizing. I'm, I'm oh. sure, I don't know if everyone remembers the first time they read that, but it's agonizing because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And unless you watch the show first, you poor bastards. Uh, <laughs> and, and you, you're with him. You want him to win. You think he's going to win. And it's in the bag. It's in the bag, man. And you're just like, just stay away. Uh-huh. Right? And and he doesn't and he gets and he gets pulled in, but it's it's agonizing to read. Um and so yeah, it, it's one of the things um, you know, I thought about when I thought about my version of of this cold open, because uh I actually wrote one because <laughs> Matt and I miscommunicated on who was in charge of doing that. Whoopsies. And eh, well, it's it's our way. Mm-hmm. Uh it shouldn't and, surprise us. And in my version, I tried to I tried to imagine a, a time where, you know, that that warrior that Oberyn is would would just exhibit, you know, a warrior's instincts and patience to just let a beaten foe die rather than getting close. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and and you know, you had the the whirling away from his attack, and I just had him standing, you know, at, at a distance from him and letting him expire. Dude, socially distance yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Socially distance yourself from the, the, the Gregor vid, Gregor virus, the Gregor virus. Yeah. And, uh, but, but it's the same, the kind of the same thing in the end, right. Is, um, you know, being a a safer version for yourself and, and taking care of, of, of what you're really trying to accomplish versus what really happens to Oberyn is his blood boils, right. Yep. And and he's a fiery Dornish pepper, right? And he he wants the confession so bad that he gets overzealous and and out of control, like most warriors of his ilk can avoid, right? They can control that in a in a sense mm-hmm. to an effective level, right? Which fits with his character. He was always, you it know, does. Doran says to Arianne that he was always that one that you just can't control. Um, and Oberyn himself admits it too at one point, but yeah, I kind of tried to look for the best in him and be like, okay, this is what he's looked for for seventeen years, and he's gonna yeah. re- he's gonna focus on that, and he's gonna just just make sure this happens the right way, right? Ah, right. We both did that. 
we both did that to some degree. Yeah. I, I, you know, we were yeah. driving up to Idaho for this funeral, so I had some time to listen to things. And so I went back and I listened to our Davos Finger account of that particular chapter. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's hard to listen to. From our, to our, our younger pimply selves. For our younger selves. Brooke was there. It was great. Oh, um, there was yes, acne. There was voices breaking. Uh, <laughs> Brooke had all the good points. <laughs> <laughs> what have we come to? But uh, one thing that, that I still hold to is is reading that account, like you said, how agonizing it, it is. It's like watching The Lion King for me, because every time I convince myself that Mufasa is not going to die. Uh and yeah, I, and every time I convince myself this is the time that Oberon makes it out, and he doesn't, man, he doesn't. But we spent an inordinate amount of time talking about how the Kingsguard were put on crowd control duty in the trial by battle, and how we thought that that was not the best use of their abilities. <laughs> we probably. <laughs> Spent, Let me guess. Was it me spurring that conversation? I on? don't. I don't remember who it was, but we probably spent at least seven minutes talking about that, and how it would have been better for like the gold cloaks to do it or something. Which I is agree. true, I, but I like, stand by it. It, it is. It's one hundred percent true. Why would you have the 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 king's guard running crowd control on this? But anyways, I mean, maybe it was a demotion since they couldn't protect Joffrey. <laughs> Anyway, all right. I like uh, that. I like that a lot. Let's let's move let's move in to Double talk about what asking them if, important questions. What, yeah, that's right. What if Oberon had lived and defeated yeah. the mountain and exhibited the patience that the nation of Dorne so often exhibits itself mm-hmm. that its its champion could not in this case. Uh so yeah, let's talk about Oberon himself. Yeah, you want to start there? Yeah, go ahead, man. Well, I mean, he lives, right? We're we're mm-hmm. graced with n number of extra days, months, years with this cocky a hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I lo- I love Obi as much as the next guy. Um, he's he's brilliant in so many ways, and flashy and fun and sexy as all hell, and uh, he's awesome. I think we talked about him in our Patreon episode on fathers and uh, we had some good things to say about him there too as a dad so yeah he's he's a reasonable dad i wasn't going to go too far into that but yeah he's he's a supportive dad it's you know it's their culture that you know bastards are are raised as your own and not disrespected or devalued in any way and it's mm-hmm. great um and he he seems to kind of encourage their pursuits and what they're interested in um but he's also kind of a cocky a-hole, yep, right? For sure. Um, but, and, and, you know, I think we might find that we love him a little less the more exposed to him we are. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the brevity of his appearance and the impact he had within that brevity that we really adore. And and he might be, you know, a taste that that you don't want on your tongue for too long. That's a good point. But yeah. he lives, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think becomes of him? What's what's next? Well, steps? he's on the council, right? So there's that. I mean, he's he's entrenched as much as he wants to be, I suppose, at King's Landing. Mm-hmm. There's there's a nice little theory out there. I'm sure you all know it already that Oberyn had before the trial poisoned Tywin. Right. So yeah. 
Tywin may die anyway. I mean, if you if you believe that theory, that happens regardless of what happened in the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so the work was done before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if not, even if even if you don't subscribe to that theory and you think just Tyrion did it and dude was constipated for a bit, mm-hmm. um, he still has a line um, be- before the trial by battle mm-hmm. to Tyrion where he says, "Your father may not live forever." Ooh, I wrote that one down too. Uh-huh. And it implies he's plotting his downfall anyway, which we should have all guessed. I mean, he, everyone knows that the mountain and Omari Lorch didn't, you know, concoct this thing themselves. So everyone, everyone kind of knows that that this rests at Tywin's feet. So it's not a huge surprise. Um, but but to me, his role might not. It's it's just like half done, yep. one out of two. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm with you. Yeah, that line is uh, Oberyn says to Tyrion, I came for justice for Elia and her children, and I will have it, starting with this lummox, Gregor Clegane. But not starting I, with. Yep. But not, I think, ending there. Yeah. Before he dies, the enormity that, the enormity that rides will tell me whence came his orders. Please assure your lord father of that. So he knows, right? Yeah, he knows. He, he, and then he asks him later on, your father gave the commands, yes? And Tyrion lies and says, no. And Oberyn responds, such a dutiful son and such a very feeble lie. Yeah. Yeah, he knows. And even if he didn't know, he's convinced anyway. Um, so so he's going to be an agent of change and disorder on the council. <laughs> he's, like still, he's still going to be trying to obtain that confession from tywin some sort of payment apology recompense something probably before offing him anyway right in some way and so humiliating um, him mm-hmm. yeah maybe humiliate him maybe just killing him right um mm-hmm. he, he also could have a temporary or even permanent ally in varus which is interesting um we'll get to varus more later um you know, but Varys is very much interested in kind of destabilizing the Lannister regime, also on a small council and, and Faux close. Faux show. Um, he might try to stay in King's Landing the whole time to kind of supplant Tommen when Doran's plans come home to roost, if they do, and we'll talk more about that later too. So he could kind of be in there, kind of gaining allies and being a mole. But but part of me also thinks that maybe he doesn't have a, a huge desire to stay there. Mm-hmm. That if they've got this whole other plan going, especially if the if he poisoned Tywin, poison Tywin, he might just be like, "Peace out, I'm going." Did right? what I because, was supposed to do. Yeah. yeah, and I'm going. I mean, ask yourself this, right? Do you want Oberyn there when you're war, in King's Landing when your war effort war effort against the Crown starts, or you know, in, in a nest of adders that could kill him or would you rather have him home to lead your armies mm-hmm. and be the charismatic persuasive leader that you need when you know your actual leader is lame grass doran right <laughs> grass doran i like that well, oh he's... you're so tricky scad yeah you're so tricky uh but so, so you know what i mean like i i could see him staying mm-hmm. and being this kind of agent of change and and trying to to disrupt things because he's cocky enough to think that he could do that kind of by himself. He has other people in the city with him, but kind of do that by himself on the small council. 
but also I could see him just be like, I'm out of here. I, you know, I'm going home to participate in the in the rest of this this long term plan we've had. Right. What do you think? I like it. I like what you're. I like where you're going. And and uh, while my while I have some ideas, they they fall in line with what you're saying. I think. So at the end of my cold open, I say that uh, his eyes were focused on the red keep ahead of him, and that was yeah. intentional. Um, yeah, I liked it. I, I I think that you mentioned maybe he stays, maybe he doesn't. I like the idea of him staying, and here's here's my him carrying out his revenge plot. Maybe Doran knows about this. Maybe Doran does not know about yeah. this. So uh, Tywin at one point talks about Cersei needing to marry again. And one of the potential suitors is Oberyn Martell. Yep. Oberyn Martell brings that up too. And uh, kind of offhand talking about how He's never had a blonde before, and neither has Elia. And no, 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 And you don't know if he's you mean serious. Alaria. Alaria, uh, excuse me. Oh, R.I.P. Elia. Jeez. You know, we, she memory. may not have ever had a blonde either. No, Rhaegar had, had white hair, so white. Uh-huh. Yeah, something. Uh, so I can see him maybe pursuing that angle of marrying. Cersei. Now there is the whole thing of Ugh. the trial by combat and stuff, but him marrying Cersei and then seeing it as a way of course to get close to the Lannisters. Now, Tywin had also said through Kevin at one point, he told Kevin that he had planned on making Cersei the Lady of Casterly Rock. Yep. Right? Um Anything to keep Tyrion from getting it, right? Anything from keeping Tyrion to get it, and Jaime wasn't going to get it. So if she still becomes Lady of Casterly Rock, Oberyn is her husband. All of a sudden, Oberyn has Casterly Rock. He has access to all of Tywin's fortune, and he can destroy them from the inside. And yeah. I thought, just just that... And, and I love your idea of him poisoning Tywin if he hasn't already and just letting Tywin die knowing that not only are you going to die at my hand, Tywin, but I have everything you worked so hard to get and to maintain after your father died. It's all mine now. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. That would it, be it would be sweet, sweet, it would sweet, be revenge. sweet revenge. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you might ask like well why would tywin do that mm-hmm. he has proposed that as a, as a potential option right but with the trial going the way it did and the confession happening the way it did now they're kind of a little bit at, at and i have this for my dorn section lower in our, in our discussion but mm-hmm. i'll talk about it now too or maybe it's in my lannister section god knows we go all over the map here but um the point is why, why would he do that well he's kind of he kind of owes Dorn now. That's what they've I got thought. this confession, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, you know, they, you know, when Oberyn dies in in the in the real timeline, um, not this way more fun one we're concocting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dorn rises up in anger at Oberyn's death. Yeah. Well, they're gonna rise up differently now, right? At proof of of Elia's, you know, death and murder and how that came about it's kind of like um 
Oh, man, political events. Um, so a few years ago, a football player named Ray Rice um, got in a lot of trouble uh, for basically punching out his fiance, I think it was, yeah. in an elevator. Mm-hmm. And the only video they had at the time um, was of him dragging at her out of the elevator, like she's unconscious, dragging her out, Ugh. like from a camera in the hallway of, of the hotel. Yeah, I'm sorry, this is very graphic for those of you yeah. um, that have suffered from physical abuse. I'm sorry, I might want to skip ahead a couple minutes uh, if you don't want to hear it. But it, it, it leads to the point I'm, I'm about to make, which is, you know, when, when, that, when that came out, people were like, oh, that's disgusting. That's terrible. But the, the outcry for his removal from the league and for drastic punishment for what he had done mm-hmm. did not happen until the video came out from within the elevator, which showed him straight up cold cocking her in the head and knocking her out cold. A, a, a complete, absolute physical abuse to the nth degree, um, you know, that, that needs swift and harsh punishment. Mm-hmm. And he's out of the league and, and was as soon as that video got released. Basically, I mean, it took a few days or something. But, but, but what I'm getting at is um, all of Dorn knows this happened. But when you get the confession, when you get like the evidence, and in, in, in Ray Rice's case, your eyes seeing the video yourself, and frankly, the same, the same thing is happening with George Floyd now um, and, and other cases. I was thinking with, of uh, Ahmed Arbery. I'm at Arbery as well. As soon as mm-hmm. as soon as it's thrust in your face and you're forced in your own conscience to deal with these things, none of this is in my notes. This is I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go here, but um, it's been on my mind a lot. Um, when, when when your brain and your conscience is for is forced to go there and deal with these atrocities because you've seen it and you can't forget it, um, you have to take different steps than you would if you can make excuses or say like yeah but i don't know how bad it really was kind of stuff maybe he was struggling or maybe he was crazy or maybe she hit him first i've heard that one right right exactly he was defending himself right right or Mm -hmm. something or she's you know very verbally abusive which still wouldn't excuse it but um you know like all all of these things that you kind of justify in your head Mm -hmm. and Dorn, as a country, could kind of say, yeah, well, we don't really know exactly. We think so. We don't know for sure. They have a confession now. They know exactly what happened. And they've they've been given their proof. And so now they want justice. And so it's up to Tywin now to produce some sort of bandage for that rage. And could that bandage be, like you said... Yeah. The wealth of Cashley, Lock, Cashley Rock and the beauty of Cersei Lannister to calm them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a union with what is essentially the ruling family of Westeros. Right. Yeah. That was a long way to go. Getting crap. No, I like it. I love that you brought in those current events and, and how that relates. So. Remember, we've also got, uh, we've also got Tristane, um, betrothed to Marcella. Yep. Uh, and I was wondering that Cersei's probably going to, she wants out of that. We already know she wants out of that. Yeah. There was that plot to kill Tristane. Apparently. She does. 
She does, yeah. But but again, similarly, can Tywin or Cersei do anything about it? No. Now, if they take her out of there, it's an insult it's added an insult. to the admitted injury. Yeah. So I was wondering if maybe that's uh, if Cersei's really serious about that not happening, is it something where you can say, okay, we'll break off the betrothal in favor of another betrothal. I see. Over in Cersei. But I still think that that's that feels not good enough, like yeah. because there's still the whole justice for Elia component of it, and really, when you think about it, the Tristane Marcella match is better for is better for Dorne because it's it's kids, it's younger kids, right, that are gonna grow up and have a yeah. future, and they're gonna have kids, whereas Cersei and Oberyn they're both kind of getting up there in age a little bit who knows if they'd even produce heirs so yeah they're what they're in their well Oberon's actually only 26 or something oh i thought he was in He's, his 30s i don't think so yeah, well, like hold on i got i got the wiki up right now for Oberon okay. for a different reason uh he was born in oh i'm wrong 257 or 258 so yeah, he's pushing 40 yeah he's uh no he's 42 yeah Oh, you know what? I was thinking of when when Robert's Rebellion happened is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Because he's got grown kids and stuff, right? So, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, I got my timeline confused. Um, so yeah, and Cersei is young enough still to have kids. But yeah, you're right. They're getting older. I would say the only thing maybe that mitigates a little bit the age component is what you said earlier, which is he'd be getting the wealth of Castle Rock. Right, with her Which being the lady of Casterly Rock. Considerable. Yep. Right, but she's not going to last in that marriage. I mean, we didn't talk about this. I assumed this is what you meant. She's not going to last in that marriage. Nope. He's going to poison her. Yep. <laughs> she's gonna, or, or she's going to stick him with a knife. I mean, that would be, it's a Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing, right? Like, that would be the most deadly marriage around. <laughs> One of them isn't going to live past a fortnight. It's really unless, exciting to think about. <laughs> unless they're so sexually turbocharged. That like they're like nah, I'm gonna stick it out another two weeks. This is too much fun. <laughs> and then like they actually fall in love. There's a script in here, Matt. They there actually is. fall in yeah. love. It's probably been made a hundred times. Uh, Gone with the wind, I think, covers some of that. But we know, we know that Oberyn's heart belies with relies with Willis Tyrell. So <laughs> she may have his body, but Willis has his heart. I think Willis has his soul. I'm not sure about his heart. <laughs> nor his loins but uh the loins will come <laughs> oh though huh? whoa hey this is a family show <laughs> it isn't it's all not, right if this so, is your first yeah. time listening you can tell it's right. not a family show yeah we've had some fun that I, I like where where our head's at with oberon i think that's very possible he's still at least we know he's still focused on revenge his job is not done with gregor's death right yeah, no, and and my part about him going home is is more along the lines of like, what's most effective, two, and yeah. what is their plan, and mm -hmm. what do they what what is his part in it? I'm sure Doran had one before he died, what, like what he wanted him to do, and I'm sure Oberyn, for all his you know wildness, I'm sure as, as my sign off quote, spoiler, um, indicates they were working much more in concert than people think, and I'm sure Oberyn would have come home if that was the plan but i don't i don't know what the plan was mm -hmm. and i think we discussed this about doran is does he even know what the plan was 
<laughs> yeah, I, I tend to give Dorn more benefit of the doubt than some. Uh, um, this is a nice segue, maybe into his section. But yeah, uh, we didn't cover is 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 over and safe. Which, um, I mean, my first note is ha ha ha. No one is safe. <laughs> uh, I mean, true. Uh, before we move on, maybe to Dorn and Dorn itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, this very well could be, you know, the. It's it's not it's the town isn't big enough for Tywin and Oberyn, and so they both need to be on their guard mm-hmm. um, in this brief period after the after the battle because one of them might not live. But yeah. that's all I really have that's important from that section. The the one thing that I think will protect Oberyn is Marcella still being in Dorne. Yeah, if Oberyn dies. Yeah. After after he had won the trial by combat, first of all. So I mean with this very with, dubious circumstances. Right. If that right. Happened, with yeah. him with him dying in the trial by combat, you know, that was a trial by combat. That was a legal proceeding. So Marcella's still safe even though they're mad. Like yep. they can she can still expect to be protected. If Oberyn dies after that, dubious circumstances, like you said, every single person in Dorne is gonna blame the Lannisters and Marcella's in trouble then. So that alone, I think, is enough to to keep him alive there. Doesn't mean people are going to like him, but. Yeah, right. All right. Okay, uh, you want to move on to Doran then? Yeah. Let's do it. So we talk about yes. Doran, and uh, I think this was brought up when we covered Doran on Davos Fingers, his chapters. He talks about how he had been plotting for 17 years. And I think one of the questions that you and I asked was, what have you, like, what have you been doing? <laughs> He's like, I've been laying the foundation or something like that. I didn't write mm-hmm. down the exact quote. Um, oh, this is, I actually did. I've worked at the downfall of Tywin Lannister since the day they told me of Elia and her children. I was like, okay, so what do you so got? What? Yeah, what do you, <laughs> what, 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 uh, it's a lot, it's a lot of days, man. Because it looks like you've done nothing. How many hours a day did I you work? Yeah. yeah, I mean, a, a lot of it is, in, in a little bit of fairness to him, a lot of it is just waiting for sure. the plans that he did lay early on to to bear fruit which is mm-hmm. you know, Viserys to Arianne marrying age and stuff mm-hmm. but still even so like okay if you're really trying that hard like why didn't you protect those kids like why didn't you send money through Swiss bank accounts to agents in Essos to like raise them make sure they were protected and safe so they didn't have to go to Illyrio even hiding them away in Dorne. Well, anything Dorne, other than just, is so I hope he lives so he can in. marry my daughter later. Yeah. And and people aren't coming down to Dorne. You could easily hide away yeah. these Targaryen kids, I feel like. Yeah, in, I mean, in... they're, they're kind of high-profile kids. But, if, yeah, it feels like they could have, he certainly could have done something more than he did, for sure. Yep. I agree. Mm-hmm. So it's more like, okay, I got the marriage pact. All of this work I just put in. See you guys in 17 years. 17 years later. It's germinating. Oh, he's dead? Oh. Huh. I um, how that happened. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if 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 there really is anything else kind of set up, mm-hmm. you know, the, from the 17 years of planning. You know, maybe he, maybe unbeknownst to us, he actually has, you know, some sort of 
peace thing set up with the Tyrells hmm. or, some, you know, some sort of, I don't know, something or I don't know who, who can say, right. But something like that. Okay. But, but, I, but I will quote, and I, I think I quoted it in the last uh, episode, the Sospake Martin, where he says, Doran plays to win, whether at Sivas mm-hmm. or the Game of Thrones. So he's, I don't, you know, maybe that's just a throwaway from George, but I think George, I don't know if he wants us to underestimate Doran, but I think there's more to Doran than he's kind of let us know. I, I believe, I believe he's cagier than, than we've been let on, even though he tells us, Hey, I'm cagier than I've been letting on. (laughs) I still think he's cagier than that. I, I believe in him a little more than most, I think. Okay. I'd love to. Uh, I do have, by the way, a word of the day. Oh, okay. Which we haven't had for a while, but I thought for episode 100. We should probably have one. We should. Mm-hmm. Word of the day! Yeah. Diplomacy, ass. <laughs> when the opening gambit of your plan to get revenge took you 17 years to make, but results in absolute success, leaving you confident in the game you have planned and the pieces you have available. Diplomacy ass. He only plays the games he can win. Why play anything else? Mm-hmm. It's not worth winning if you can't be- win big. Pat Riley. My little Pippin only plays in games that he can win, he thinks. against his older brother. <laughs> He's so sick of losing, that poor kid. Does he lose? Is Oh, so much. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Mary stacks the games against him, and he doesn't know. I like when they're playing Pokemon. Gives uh, them the what, crappy cards. What, whatever. Yeah. What? Yes. Whatever game they're playing. And Chewy does that to me all the time. <laughs> you got to get your own deck, man. Freaking I have my hurt. own water deck, and it kicks ass. No way. Like, I beat my. Oh yeah. I I I beat Mary like a drum. Uh, he hasn't beaten me in months. <laughs> That's but the way it should be. Close to a year. He's like, I never beat you. I'm like, you got to play smarter. And I'll like point out. I'm like, look. These are things that I did that helped me win, and you did these things, and you put your energy onto it. Anyway, Kalisar doesn't want to hear about all this, but yes, he for sure stacks the games against his younger brother, and I feel bad for him. When I when I see it happen, I stop it, but can't see it all the time. Indeed. So, anything else on Doran? Uh, no. I really don't have a ton on him. Uh, maybe when we get into Tyrion, it, it might include a little bit more of what's uh, what what Doran might go for. So, let's see. How about Arianne? You got anything on Arianne? Arianne, she's interesting. She right? is interesting. She wants to crown Marcella, in the hopes of eventually getting herself crowned as Princess yeah. of Dorne. Right? Yeah. So I guess the question would be, does she still try to do what she tries to do with Marcella? And maybe, maybe this doesn't change that. I think she would. Yeah, I think she would want to try to do something. She, the circumstances maybe aren't quite right for, you know, without Oberyn's death. I mean, that was kind of like the spark, you know, Uh, it was kind of like it created the perfect storm because, um, you know, it, it got the sand snakes rare and to go and and stuff like that it wasn't the only reason she did it right um uh-huh. you know she did it because she felt like she was being overlooked for her um 
you know, for her rights and stuff. Um, but so, yeah, I think she's going to have a harder time bringing the sand snakes into it. They're, they're like, they're, they're happy. Why? They're like, great. Yeah. We got our revenge. We got our confession. Why are you trying to topple the government? <laughs> right. But with, with, with Oberyn's death, they're enraged and ready for something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's the difference between a cause and an agenda. Right. Yeah. When yeah. Oberyn died, there was a cause. Right mm-hmm. now, it would just be Ariane's agenda. That's right. And people aren't going to follow someone else's agenda just because. They need to right. know that there's something in it for them. Right. But she's still pissed just because, you know, it's an agenda instead of a cause doesn't mean she's not pissed. Mm-hmm. She's She feels like she's been done wrong. She's for sure. She's been done yeah. dirty. Yeah. So I think if she can't get the Sand Snakes on board, it doesn't seem to have the allies... Maybe that wound between her and Doran just kind of festers because they're both just kind of stubborn jerk faces that aren't going to bring and it they're up. they're not going to talk about it. Yeah, they're just going to bury it in the sand. Talk to your kid, man. Yeah, talk to your freaking kid. Uh, so maybe she lashes out in it a different way, I guess. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe she runs away from home and marries Eris. I don't, she doesn't seem the type for that, right? It's, but maybe she tries to manipulate Marcella somehow to, like, try to get her to fight for her own crown i don't know i i just i feel like she's she's gonna be she's still gonna be discontent and want to do something yep but without that ober and death to spark some unity i think she's gonna have a hard time rallying the people that she rallied in this case yep yep because it's all about her right now yeah and and you're right it's totally fine for her to feel slighted and uh and I understand. I probably would too if I were in her situation knowing what she knew, which was so, not a lot. So go have a discussion. It's this big misunderstanding. <laughs> but if you would have just talked for two minutes, you would have figured it all out. Yeah. <sighs> Doran. But Doran still has a plan though, right? Like yep. he's still got the rest of, you know, this is like mm-hmm. step, step H of his alphabetic, you know, list of steps that's just finished with the death of the mountain. He still plans, I think on bringing the sand snakes in to the rest of his plan. They're probably, yeah. you know, like they kind of got in trouble, right? He, he imprisoned them. Um, they were part of this coup. And so he trusts them less, but he still brought them back in. Yeah. At the end. And so like, he's definitely going to involve them in whatever they've got going forward. But with Oberyn on the council, maybe they don't need to send Tyene. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much their roles change too much. Right. Yep. They're still involved. And I and I kind of got the impression that he he imprisoned them more to just kind of cooler their jets too. Yeah. To ensure that they wouldn't, because they all came to him with different plans, and all of those plans were like, yeah, we need to do something now. And he's like, now we need to wait. So yeah, lock them up. To yeah, I told relatable content. I I do that with Pippin all the time. It's like dude, sure. you're just you're too angry. Yep. Just go to your room. I'm not punishing you. I'm just trying to move you away from the anger zone. Yep, we've talked about that. We've both done that, and it's hard, especially when our emotions get up. But yeah. uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have emotions. Yep, you don't. They're all dead inside. <laughs> Husk of a soul. Scatticus <laughs> Thompson. Um, yeah, and so he's had to pivot a lot. Doran has. You know, first his idea was Viserys and Ariane. But now he's mm-hmm. moving on to um, to Quentin and Danny and putting his eggs, many of his eggs in that basket. So, 
Man, that is like a cracked egg being sent in a non-padded carton on a roller coaster. <laughs> it's one of those uh, like experiments you did in middle yeah. school science where yeah. you dropped the egg <laughs> with a parachute or something and tried to see yeah. if it would survive. This I is mean, just dropping the egg. Yeah. I mean, I was just saying how I kind of defend Doran and like him more than most, but like, man, you got to, if, if you're honest, you got to calculate the odds of that whole thing succeeding at like, unless you really don't know your son and who Quentin is, you got to really consider the fact that your odds are like very close to zero of this whole thing working. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And with zero knowledge of what Danny wants. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, just him surviving the boat trip over mm-hmm. has to cut you down to 50%. <laughs> right? Like storms and pirates and disease and death and joining sellsword companies. Yeah. I mean, yeah, anyway, let's yeah. move on. He wasn't just going to get in a private jet and fly to Marine. Oh, sounds Come great. Come on. Uh, and, you know, Doran admits they don't have numbers. He says Valor is a poor substitute for numbers, and Doran cannot hope to win a war against the Iron Throne, not alone. So yep. he's got to have help somewhere. Yeah. And maybe that's our, uh, maybe that's our segue into Tyrion. maybe it is maybe it is so Tyrion lives uh, and is free Mm -hmm. but is he he though he can't go back to life at court he just can't no right but he's also not really one for running you know like Mm -hmm. he's he's one for gloating like this city's gonna smell like his farts for weeks after he wins this thing (laughs) right like just gloating and just like in your face, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. but, but at the same time, I don't, I don't think anyone cares or is listening. Like it doesn't matter whether he won or lost this trial by battle. The public has weighed and has uh, to quote one of our, one of our favorites, the public has weighed and measured Tyrion and found him wanting night's tale, baby. That's right. Just watched and, it with the kids the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing about trial by battle is like, even though everyone respects the result, a lot of the time, they don't change their opinions. No, he's still like, guilty. He's guilty. He just mind. got off because the gods said he should. Like, even uh, so, I've been preparing for the streams of winter, right? Um, and reading all of Arya's stuff, and, and part of that took me through the Sandor, uh, Beric Dondarrion trial by battle mm. uh, underneath uh, Hollow oh, yeah. Hill, mm-hmm. and um, and and the aftermath of that, uh, Thoros says because they're talking about killing Sandor because he's following them later or whatever. Mm-hmm. They talk about him, about just going out and killing him and, and getting rid of the threat. And Beric says, no, he won his trial by battle. And Thoros says, that's wise. The Lord of Light has plans for him. And they're kind of the only group, I think, that I see in this series that respects the trial by battle as some sort of sacred... Yes, the gods actually mean something by this. Right. In Most this case, of the people the just God. seem to be like, ah, whatever. Fine, he's free. You won, go away. I still I, hate him and he still Tyrion, did it. Tyrion at the Vale, right? When Braun wins. Yes. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Same thing. Um, so so I, I guess that's a long way to go to just say like, he's not going to be welcome anywhere. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks he did it. He's the still guilty. The trial was yep. overwhelmingly against him, right? 
So, like, I don't think he can just, you know, like, reinsert himself back into life, at least not easily. I agree. And, you know, I don't know if it sounds like Tywin doesn't exactly want Tyrion dead. He really wanted Tyrion to take the black. Um, Yeah, it's true. But uh, who's to say Cersei won't try to have him killed? And she probably would. She truly believes that Tyrion killed her son. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and Tyrion for his part is vengeful. Yep. Right. So like he might, he he might go after her. I mean, again, I don't know what I don't know what his life looks like even staying in King's Landing. I don't think like, he can. Certainly, he's got the resources, I guess, at his disposal to like find a place to live for a while, and maybe concoct some sort of plan. But I mean, his family hates him. His quote unquote girl uh, betrayed him. He works. He used to work, you know, as the master of coin for his dad and his sis, who both despise him and whom he despises. The public doesn't like him and blames him for stuff, even though he saved their city. All he really has is Jamie, who, you know, treats him fairly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, Tyrion's an a-hole. I don't, I don't mean to, like, try to drum up a bunch of sympathy for him. Um, but, you know, he's, he's just, he doesn't really have anywhere to go here. So he's either going to fight... Like, like I said, you know, murdered Cersei and Tywin anyway, right? And try to, like, fuck shit up. Or he's going to run or, you know, leave. Or he's just going to drink in sorrow. <laughs> and I could see him doing any all one of All three of those things. <laughs> I, I could see him doing any, any one of them or, you know, a combination of all three. Like, a, sure. you know, a, a, a cycle of denial or what do they call it, right? The stages of stages of acceptance. Um, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But I think you you said you had something pretty dark for him. Do you want to go into that? Um, we'll work up to the dark part. But I think there's a possibility he goes to Dorne as invited. Oh. So um, there's a there's a passage where Oberyn says to Tyrion during one of their conversations, "It is said that a Lannister always pays his debts. Perhaps you will return to Sunspear with me when the day's bloodletting is done." So this is right before the trial by battle. Mm-hmm. My brother Doran would be most pleased to meet the rightful heir to Casterly Rock, especially if he brought his lovely wife, the Lady mm-hmm. of Winterfell. And uh, Tyrion thinks, "Does the snake mm-hmm. think I have Sansa squirreled away somewhere?" Um, if so, Tyrion was not about about to disabuse him. And Tyrion says, a trip to Dorne might be very pleasant now that I reflect on it. And Oberyn says, plan on a lengthy visit. You and Dorne have many matters of mutual interest to discuss. Music, trade, history, wine, the laws of inheritance and succession. <laughs> no doubt an uncle's counsel would be of benefit to Queen Marcella in the in the trying times ahead. Man. So he's obviously trying to bring Tyrion into this. That's a great passage. I forgot about that. Yeah. You had that great uh, tweet earlier this week about like it's so easy to forget stuff, and you're right. Like I, I don't remember, I don't remember that passage at all. Right. <laughs> yep. It's just things you just completely forget about. I yeah. forgot about this. Yeah. And, and and that's not just a simple passage and a simple invitation. That is implying that Doran does have all sorts of tr- kind of ideas and plans squirreled away, like uniting with the North, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, doing all sorts of, of other things. And it's, it's interesting. Uniting with the North, knowing that Tyrion is already ostracized by his family. So yep. seeing him as a potential ally. Uh, and so right. I think it's very possible that Tyrion slinks away 
to Dorne while Oberyn still stays at court uh, pursuing his, in my, in my mind, pursuing his marriage to Cersei. Uh, but then Tyrion heads down there to meet up with Doran. But, yeah. Um, it may strengthen people's convictions that he's guilty, so why would the innocent run away? Uh, but I don't know that he cares that much. I think, think he's guilty anyway. Yeah. I, like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think that would dissuade him necessarily. You know, one thing that's interesting about this arc, this timeline, is that he likely doesn't get the Taisha news. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I mean, like, mm-hmm. Jamie probably, that's news he wanted to give in the moment because he was maybe not going to see Tyrion again or for a long, long time. So he probably doesn't get that news. So, like, he doesn't, and he doesn't kill his dad then in this timeline, or at least not the same way at the, at the same time. So like he doesn't maybe have that grief that he gets that drives him to the place we analyzed in many, 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 many episodes ago now <laughs> where he gets to the point of almost drinking himself to death mm-hmm. and almost poisoning himself with mushrooms and basically for all intents and purposes ra- raping two girls. Yep. Um, you know, he doesn't maybe get gets that place in the same way but he he is kind of robbed of all relationships he previously had and so maybe he goes to that depression arc too uh-huh. it would be nice to see him go to dorn instead and get kind of a new lease on life with some new opportunities or you know ideas or paths that he might take i i also thought maybe he would just like say you know in the, the cartman fashion screw you guys and going home <laughs> and or not even just home but somewhere right in in my head canon for him where i wanted him to end up eventually is just somewhere by a river where he can just read books forever with a pile of books yeah right like maybe mm-hmm. he just says you know what my life has been hard i'm leaving right. i'm gonna go just live somewhere and forget all this stuff but i like your dorn idea better than all my ideas well, I think it's possible, especially with that passage. And I suppose what would, I try to think of, of you know, what, what then would be the plan? So you've got Marcella and Tristane that's betrothed, and maybe yep. there's a plan to get them on the throne. Now, I, I acknowledge that we've got the Danny plan in Doran's pocket too. So that's something to consider. But uh, you've got this plan that to potentially crown Marcella. Now, to do this, Doran has already said that they can't win a battle against the Iron Throne alone. They need to bring somebody else in. And that just doesn't seem super likely to me, looking at the other seven kingdoms, right? Mm-hmm. The Westerlands aren't going to do it. Uh, they're with Tywin. Um, doesn't seem likely that the Vale, they could get the Vale to fight with them. Although, I yeah. don't know. Um, yeah. The North is in shambles. It's a mess. Uh, the Iron Islands just also seems unlikely. Now, the Riverlands is a maybe. Um, sp- specifically with Gregor Clegane uh, dying. Uh, and and Gregor Clegane being the guy that raised the Riverlands, right? There's, yeah. there's some... Maybe they could like use that to their advantage, being like, we killed Gregor Clegane, who will be with us. But the Riverlands are also under Lannister control with him and Frey. They're a mess at the Riverlands. moment, just for the timeline yeah. for everyone at the moment. You know, this is post-Red Wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Siege of Riverrun hasn't Siege happened of yet, but, Riverrun's coming up. but it's, yep. it's coming up and mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're a mess. Yeah. 
their their heir is locked away. I think the twins basically mm-hmm. like captive. It's yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. The the realm's a mess. You've got the reach, um, but you have the Tyrells right now with everything that they want, right? Yeah. Hey, you're coming where queen. I you're coming where I landed. Maybe there's yeah. some sort of alliance there with Tyrells. You know, it talks about Oberyn specifically. Is it Oberyn or Marjorie that brings it up? I can't remember now. It's got to be Oberyn that he specifically brings up that he and Willis have been communicating. He brings it up in the yeah. context of we've made nice now. We're good. We're buddies. He reached out to me. We've been riding back and forth. We've been corresponding. They have a, a similar passion for horse flesh You're right. that they share. Yes. Yeah. And and they and, he holds him no ill will. I may have gotten the language there wrong, but mm-hmm. um, basically they're friends. Yeah, this was the birth of my Willis Oberon headcanon. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, of them being true loves. Um, but but that's interesting. That's interesting that he would bring up that they're communicating. So maybe there's something there too. But I feel it's like it's unlikely because the Tyrells are exactly where they want to be, and why would they screw this up? So. Yeah, I mean they might they might like another ally, especially if they're ostracizing the Lannisters. Maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it as a as a no go. Let me let me let me ask you something. Well, let's let's let you finish. So, so basically, more. what I'm saying is, I don't see this Marcella Tristane plot going very far. Yeah, especially with the Danny plot that Doran's really banking on. Yeah, because I agree with you. Yeah, what happens with Marcella if the Doran and Quentin thing the the Quentin and Danny thing works out? Do they kill her? like i mean who knows what's in doran's head but and and he certainly wasn't counting on dragons at the time but now that there are dragons who cares (laughs) you know almost almost it's like if that thing it's powerball if 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 that thing with quentin and danny works out you've won you've won the lottery Mm -hmm. and almost none of it matters let marcella lives who cares Everyone's gonna b- 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 bend the knee, right? And so, uh, sorry, uh, Westeros, Westeros, an American musical, musical coming out of me, uh, <laughs> by uh, uh, Tara did a, a, a wonderful job singing b- 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 "Bend the Knee," um, and I never get it out of my head. So, uh, you know what happens with Marcella? She's a guest of the state of the She's presumptive. Of the presumptive future rulers because King's Landing is a mess and Danny and Quentin are going to take over. If mm-hmm. that works out, man. Yeah. If that's his plan, I, I you know. But it's got to be right. Why else? Just hold on to her as a hostage. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's it. Well, the, well, I think it does lend potentially to the to the Tyrell Martell kind of alliance in King's Landing as well, right? At least temporarily. Mm, of okay. unseating the Lannisters and getting uh-huh. along until they can destabilize with the rest of the plan. But anyway, keep going. Right. So this is where I, I can get kind of dark with Tyrion. So cool. Tyrion's fond of Marcella, right? So let's say he's yes. down in Dorne and uh, he finds out about this Quentin Danny plot, right? Yes. Tyrion isn't as much as he hates his family he's fond of Marcella and Tommen 
so and he finds out about the Danny Quentin plot, what is he going to do? Is he and say it works out and Doran's like, Danny's and Quentin are coming back and we're going to take over. Would he go along with that? Or would he be like, okay, nope, this is where I'm out. You messed with the wrong people. Like, you know, kill my dad, kill my sister, but niece and nephew, no way. They don't deserve to yeah. die. Um, so yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I have thoughts, but I'll let you keep going. Sure. Sure. Um, option one, he abandons Dorn and he returns to his family kind of begrudgingly almost, but like, I got to tell you guys, this is going to happen. I don't want Marcella and Tommen to die. We need to prepare for this. That's option one. Okay. Go ahead with your thoughts. Is he walking back like Baylor the Blessed or what? They're just going to let him go? Yeah, walk. Uh, Would they let him? Yeah, he'd have to sneak out. Yeah. Probably. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it just, you know, we get to a point, and I, I don't know whether it's Taisha that, that that pushes him over the edge or not, but at some point dur during Feast Dance, Tyrion is completely over his family. Completely, yeah. you know. I don't know whether maybe it was killing Tywin that did it. It's just like I've gone so far. Why not just be completely anti-Lannister? But like he's pretty mm -hmm. much gotten no love for his family, and that doesn't mean that he hates Marcella and Tom. And you're right, he has he has some affection for them. Um, I wonder if if the trial was enough eventually with enough thought and time for that wound to fester enough that he gets to a similar place where he just hates hates the family. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think he could, I think he could try to work with the Martells to make sure that those kids are kept safe, you know, while still bringing about the end of, of, of those in power in House Lannister, right? Get Tommen back to Castle Rock. Let him rule. He's a good kid. You know, we'll, we'll get rid of the bad Lannisters and it'll be okay. Take a page um, out of Tywin's book of making your, your, your enemies, your friends, right? And giving them Bob, something Bobby so they have a reason to yeah. yeah to support you right? yeah feel like they right. owe you yeah. right anyway path b go ahead path b is my dark timeline and it goes along with what you're saying of him just hating lannisters at this point and just being so far gone yeah uh he's so fueled by revenge he's all in on bringing down the lannisters and maybe they're like and and dorn is like look if we're gonna bring down the Lannisters, we got to bring them all down, just like the Targaryens were brought all down. Uh, and, and here's my darkest timeline, Scad. Tyrion, to prove his loyalty to Danny, kills Tommen and Marcella as a reflection of sorts for Rhaenyra and baby Aegon. Ooh, some nice, wrapped nice in, mirroring. Wrapped Time's in Targaryen flags or something. And obviously they're not as young as, as the Targaryen kids were. Right. But delivering up their bodies to Danny in a way of like showing I'm with you. I'm all in on this, just as Tywin did to Robert Baratheon all those years ago. Yeah, there'd have to be some some Peter Baelish Game of Thrones uh teleportation going on. Uh for him to like get back to Tom and Anne Marcella to, to be able to do both of those things. But yeah, some way of yeah, getting the, into the, King's Landing to kill. Thematically Tommen. though, it's 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 beautifully dark yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so i can see that yeah, going like that way let me let me throw a i want to throw a let's throw a, a wrench in the in the gears scad yeah. throw a wrench in gears 
what if Tywin dies of poison? Just yeah. imagine that plot happened. Mm-hmm. What do you think? In I don't want to go through like the whole exercise we just went through with Tyrion, but like in a couple sentences, how do you think that changes what Tyrion does? If Tywin dies in the few days after the trial, what what how does that change what Tyrion does? That's a good question. Well, let, let me start because okay. I clearly caught you all by surprise with that question. It's something that I thought about because because well, I don't know because I did because we think about um, things because we think about things. I think it it puts him in a different position because all of a sudden it's not he against his sister and his father. It's just he against his sister. And yeah. we know that he's better than she is at the game. And can, can he, can he kind of rework himself into Tommen's good graces? You mentioned his affection. Tommen also likes him, I think. Um, you know, can he kind of work himself back in and avoid, we'll talk about some of this later with the, the more Lannister focused stuff, but can he avoid some of the pitfalls that Cersei takes the family into and kind of redeem himself and get back into power. Tywin dead. Does he get Castle Rock? Uh, you know, those, those kinds of questions, you know, does, does he make some very different choices if Tywin is suddenly out of the picture? This is a man, remember, that has uh, abused his children emotionally and mentally throughout their childhood. And has basically complete control over them uh, through through this abuse, and the sudden removal of that abuser does it kind of liberate him to maybe seize the control within King's Landing and kind of redeem his family. Not that Tyrion is a great, you know, he's an a hole too. I'm not saying like he's you know a paragon of characters or whatever, but like, does he see it that way? I think that would be difficult for him to see at first, but yeah, the opportunity is there. It's yeah. like it's like a football coach, right? When he's preparing for a game, he doesn't know exactly what the other coach is going to do, but yeah. you have to anticipate. And so when you're playing against Bill Belichick, you have to think a little bit harder and you have to step up to the plate to try to anticipate what they're going to do and try to come up with your own way to trick Belichick, right? And you're you're prepping in a different way than you would against maybe an, another coach, a first-year coach or something like that. Right, and, right. And it's that same thing. when If Tyrion is calculating and he knows Tywin's on the other end of those calculations, he's got to be a lot more careful and a lot more prepared. It's like when I'm preparing for an episode, even with you, Scott, is I sit and not that I think that you're going to maliciously tear me apart, but I prep more carefully. I've just been waiting. I'm playing the long game. Episode you're, you're 101. The it's coming. You're, you're the Doran. Uh, you're my Doran. <laughs> I am Tywin Lannister and you're Doran Martell. Um, but I prep more knowing, anticipating what you might ask and going, okay, I've got to be prepared with an answer for this because Scad's going to come up with this. And you know what I mean? And yep. it's different with Cersei. Uh, she, he knows that Cersei's going to react emotionally. Well, he mm. knows that Tywin's going to act in a very calculated way. So he yeah. plays off of those, right? Yep. And with Cersei, he just has to consider how she's going to emotionally react to something. And with her, she's kind of an open book emotionally. Yeah, easy to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just wonder if, if this whole game changes, if that's the case. Oh, I could. 
you know. Because that opens up so much. That opens up such a power vacuum. Yeah, and I don't want to go. I don't want to go all the way down that path. But okay. it's a. I have it a few times in my notes. Like, what if if Tywin were dead? This changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I might bring them up here and there. But. Okay. Do we want to talk about the uh, Lannisters since while we're already on it? Yeah, we. Yeah, we might as well. Um, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I think I've. Exhausted I mean, I think I've I have about covered Tyrion. a lot of my stuff. Mm-hmm. as we've gone through it already. Yeah, we might be rehashing some of it. Yeah. So that's okay. I mean, uh, the first question that we had in our notes was, what do they do with Tyrion? And you, Yeah, what do you think Tywin would want done with Tyrion at this point? We know it. We talked about what Tyrion, yeah. what we think Tyrion might do, but what would Tywin want done with him? Yeah, you, you mentioned earlier uh, something that I kind of forgot, is that, is that Tywin really wanted Tyrion to get get you know, called guilty and send him to the wall and just get him out of there. What he really wants is, is Tyrion out of the way. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think he has a, any love for Tyrion necessarily. He just wants him out of the way. But if push comes to shove, I mean, he tried to kill him once. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not putting like, him in the Vanguard, in the Vanguard on the left, on the side that we're supposed to fail against the river. Like he, he basically that side of the battle was supposed to fail, which, you know, he wouldn't necessarily die, but odds are pretty good, yep. you know? So, like, he doesn't... I think Tyrion, since that moment, has shown Tywin some value, you know, that, like, he can handle being hand and doing and making tough decisions and doing some things. Right. So I think he's actually risen in esteem other than the whole prostitution thing, although Tywin's a complete hypocrite on that, too. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he's risen in esteem a little bit in his, in his father's eyes. But at the same, But what he really wants is him out of the way. If Tyrion's not leaving, I could see him taking another stab, literally, at him. And okay. and and seriously too, she already tried to have him killed once Certainly. with Marin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and 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 I don't just like we talked about with the trial by battle and no one believing the result. She still wants him dead. Yep. So I like. I, it's this is not a safe place for him. Nope, not at all. Uh, I was wondering if maybe Tywin maybe just wants to like, okay, I need to get him out of the way. I can't force him to take the black. So he squirrels him away at Casterly Rock and is like, you're going back home. Yeah. So. I don't remember where it happens, but there's one point where there's a scene between them that really, really rings Tyrion's bell where he, Tywin, he Tywin, says you will never get Casterly Rock. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. And it's something that Tyrion clearly, while it's not something he actively thinks about a lot, it's something in the back of his mind he always kind of thought he might get since Jamie took, you know, took the... The oath. The cloak, right? Mm-hmm. The white cloak. And... Um, Cersei's... I, he might be know. reticent. Tywin might be reticent to send him back to Cashley Rock under some sort of assumption that, yeah, you might get it someday. Right, but but it is a place that's safe if he cares if, if Tywin's safe, or sorry if he cares if Tyrion's safe, uh, that he could send him. It's not it's not uh, out of the realm. Yeah, it's just like you said, he wants Tyrion out of the way. Yeah, so gone. So maybe just send him back home and put him on building aqueducts or whatever it was. You know, <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give him give him something to do, but. What do you think about uh, him and Jamie? Yeah, you know, we focus on 
Taisha so much uh, and, and what that did to Tyrion. Um, but in that moment, Tyrion also, in addition to admitting falsely that he killed Joffrey, right. uh, also tells Jamie that Cersei's been fudding, fucking, uh, I forget which, which, uh, where's Waldo Kettleblack yeah. it is, mm-hmm. uh, but one of the Kettleblacks and, uh, Moonboy and Lancel Lannister for all, or Moonboy for all I know, mm-hmm. um, so, and that has a profound impact on Jamie's thoughts. We see it in his thoughts several times where he thinks of that and has affected his relationship with his sister forever. Um, so there's some some impact there too that doesn't occur. So is Jamie a different person? Uh, does he maybe feel more like sticking around, uh, you know, in King's Landing and sort of going out back into into battle and to do the Siege of Riverrun and things like that? What right. was your question? I feel like I avoided it. Uh, no, you didn't. It's, it, but it addresses how Jamie's arc might be different. Is how is Jamie and Tyrion's relationship? Yeah. Does could yeah. is there any sort of animosity with Jamie thinking that Tyrion is the murderer? Uh, he he mentions though when he busts him out that he didn't believe that Tyrion never was. believed it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm inclined to believe that he wouldn't hold that against him. Yeah, um, it's. I agree. It, it's it's an interesting thing because, you know, the guilty verdict in his impending death forces Jamie to go reveal something to him that he didn't ever really want to tell him for selfish reasons and, and you know, guilt and embarrassment, embarrassing reasons. Uh, and in a way, even though it drove them further apart than they've ever been, it also brought them closer um, because they were more honest with each other. Right. And they don't get that. So they're still at this, um, in this timeline, they wouldn't get that. And so now they're at this arm's length kind of relationship that they've always had. And so, yeah, that's interesting. It's There's a respect there. There's a love there. Um, but there's still this secret between them, at least from Jamie's side, uh, that will forever keep them apart. Yep. And I guess that's how it would stay, right? I think so. I, I, I mean... I don't know. J- Jamie, you know, Jamie has decided he's going to be good this year, uh, going to be a good person. And he's got this whole he's got know, he's got goals. Man, man in the mirror thing going on. He's got goals. So maybe he tells him anyway at some point when they're hanging out, having a drink or something. But, you know, Matt, there's those things sometimes that are so hard to do that unless the timing is dire, you always come back to eh, I'll do it later. Well, and it's been so long that it would be weird to say now. Like, I've got a neighbor across the street. Oh, no. This is going to be great. I can't wait. Oh, it's not that great. Oh. It's really not. It's just that I've lived in this house for three years, and I've got a great relationship with everybody in my cul-de-sac, except for some reason, this guy and I have never really talked. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but here's the thing. The, the the further wrinkle is I grew up in the house that I now live in, right? Oh, yeah. This is my, this is my parent. We bought my parents' house. And so this guy, I knew all growing up, he was already an adult and I was a kid and we had a reasonably good back and forth relationship and everything. Went to church together, all of that stuff. Uh, But we never really came around to talking to each other when I moved back in as an adult. And now it's been like three years and we still have never talked. And it's like, this is so weird now that it's been three years, that makes it even more awkward. Do you know what I mean? Like, hey, I know exactly what you mean because I've lived in my house for 10 years. for three years. But, uh, and I've never talked to any of my neighbors. 
Gold, it's not true. Scad, gold. I've talked. I've <laughs> talked to a few. I just don't want friends. I'm right. I'm that guy that just wants to be. Yeah, I've got like four friends, and that's great. I yeah. love that. So. Um, but yes, I know exactly. What you, I mean, I've talked to my neighbors. I'm I'm exaggerating. Um, mm-hmm. but there are three neighbors that I've never talked to. Right. And, and now it'd be kind of weird. It's like, well, yeah. we've lived within a uh, hundred feet of each other for this long and we've never talked. So now we're going to start talking. Like, how do you even start that conversation? Yep. So with, it's kind of the same thing. Like this happened so long ago. There's so many, Jamie's been putting it off forever. Like, would it just be awkward to bring it up now? He might convince himself that Tyrion has gotten over it. even yeah. though it's obvious he hasn't, uh, but there's so many reasons for him not to tell him and Jamie can just keep feeding on those reasons, feeding on those reasons. And yeah, I don't well, you, think wouldn't, he ever would. you wouldn't know this map at alcohol is a great lubricant for these kinds of things mm, and, yes, and yeah. can bring things up that you plan to keep hidden. Yeah. Although my, so, my best friend from college, uh, Adam, uh, he had what he called a don't even talk about when drunk, uh, location in his brain that he would put some things wow um i don't know whether he could really control it or not but he said he could uh maybe maybe jamie puts that piece there right i don't think jamie was a big drinker no no he you know i remember the the scene where he's got the golden hand and he's trying to drink a glass of wine with it and (laughs) stuff so he's not you know he's he's not a uh a teetotaler that's no, what I was looking for. <laughs> but, uh, nice. Yeah, I went there. But uh, uh, yeah, but I, you're right. I don't think he's a big drinker. It, it is interesting, though, to examine. Uh, you brought it up, and I don't think we need to get too far into it. But how he and he and Cersei's relationship, because of that, I hadn't really considered that. So thank you for bringing that up about, you know, Tyrion's revelation about Lancel and the Kettle Black and Moon Boy, and yeah. how that affects him. So that, I mean. It's interesting though, because he's already on the path of like kind of moving beyond her. He's still got the Brienne thing, yeah, still but, on him. But maybe he doesn't get that jolt that really kicks him over the edge. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, because he's still very much influenced by Brienne. We know he has that that moment where he kind of finally stands up to his dad mm-hmm. and say no. His dad's like, I'm going to get you released from your vows. This is all going to be fine. We can marry you to someone. He's like, no, no, I'm yeah. not going to do it, and. uh Yep. So he is on a, a path and maybe it's a flavor of the week. It's a it's a New Year's resolution. I mean, I gave him a year. But... I said this year. <laughs> I was being generous. Yeah, my resolutions make it to February 22nd, so um my I I fail my resolution every year because my resolution every year is I'm not going to make a resolution this year. <laughs> you always do something. Hey, joy in the journey, my friend what else uh we kind of talked about Circe and Tyrion. does she does she still hold it against him does she look for another murderer a, a small part of me was like especially in the in the tywin dies timeline mm-hmm. where she feels completely isolated and looking for a friend a family member somebody who just can relate to her and understand her experiences Maybe at some point, like a, a year down the line, she, she and Tyrion are hanging out and they're both alcoholics having a drink and they probably don't have the don't even talk about one drunk file. No, they don't. Um, and and maybe 
maybe he actually convinces her like look i did not do this and like but all that's really gonna do is drive her more over the edge of paranoia against the tyrells Mm. so i maybe she'd then start looking again for a murderer or something. But she's already so suspicious of the Tyrells that I don't think it changes much in the whole plot of, of everything, right? Like, yeah. I mean, she's already accusing Marjorie of fornication and a million other things. So I'm not sure a whole lot changes. Right. Uh, if And if Tyrion leaves in the timeline that he goes to Dorne, I think she's still, there's that paranoia. Because mm. she continues to see him in every shadow. Just like she has now in the, in the yeah. current timeline. Yeah. Because yeah. he's gone. So she's going to yeah. see him jumping out of the walls at her and stuff. Or however it is that she talks about it. The, in the Tywin Lives timeline, though, she's checked by him. Which is helpful to everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. So if Tywin Lives, the whole High Septon being killed by the Kettle Black, that doesn't happen. I've got um, a whole list. Yeah, Marjorie's imprisonment, yeah. the Faith Militant. Faith uh, Militant. The dwar- oh, a bunch of dwarves keep their heads, yeah. probably. Diana uh, Merriweather. Yeah. Uh, in her bed, a snake in the grass, you know, probably giving away her secrets. The whole framing Marjorie thing. If Tywin's alive, he doesn't let any of that shit happen. Nope. Right, in this timeline, you know. And even if he ends up dying in this timeline and Tyrion sticks around, he doesn't let any of that shit happen either. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but those are two big ifs. I, I think there's a reasonable, in, in this timeline we're talking about, I think there's a reasonable chance that she still goes on to screw everything up <laughs> because Tyrion is leaves or is drunk or dead or something. And Tywin died anyway. Right. Yeah. Because the way Tyrion and Tywin, for lack of a better word, I'll manipulate Cersei is very different, right? Tywin controls through fear and an iron fist. Yep. He's conditioned her to do what he says, and that's just it. Yeah. He is the figure. Tyrion has to play on her emotions and yeah. make her, you know, think like things are her idea. Reverse psychology or, kind of yeah. stuff. And, He's yeah. got to be really on the ball with the way he works with her because he, she has zero respect for him, unlike yep. with her and Tywin's relationship. So he's got to be always kind of on the ball with, with what he's saying and doing around her. And that's got to get tiring after a while. And you got to think he'll slip at some point. Great. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure that, that victory that I've been assuming of Tyrion over Cersei is complete. It's more like, (laughs) it's more like a 70, 30 thing. And they're, they end up both going to ruin anyway. Right. Probably, probably a different kind of ruin than, you know, allowing the faith militant to come back, but (laughs) still ruinous. Uh Yeah. Uh, we kind of already talked about Marcilla Tristane. Yeah. Um, I guess anything else on the Lannisters, or do you want to move on? I think we got it, man. All um, right. Moving on to Shay. Yeah, and I don't have much to say about Shay. Me neither. As long as she uh, stays away from Tyrion, I think she's all right. Maybe. I, 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 mean, I mean, the question, I guess, still lingers as to whether or not she was Tywin's creature all along. I think some people suspect that. Yeah, I don't think um, so. 
No, I don't. I don't think so either. I mean, she's yeah, she's clearly not going back to Tyrion. That's a a, a bridge that's burned. He's he. I mean, he's far too proud for that anyway. Probably. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Tyrion's a mess. I mean, it's clear he doesn't like understand the relationship involved with sex work. Right. You know, like <laughs> he's clearly more attached to her than he should be, uh, or was before the trial. Mm-hmm. But I think if he gets a chance, he might off her anyway. Out of anger. I think so too. I mean, Homeboy wasn't expecting her to be in his chambers when he went after Tywin. And when he found her in there, he didn't hesitate. No. No, and you know, that that's that's the uh injury added to the insult of the way she testified. No, I, I don't blame her at all for she had to do what she had to do to protect herself, Looking right? Out I don't for blame her. her for that. Yep. She you know, she didn't do anything wrong there in my opinion but she did kind of like twist the knife the the lion of lannister thing yeah right yeah exactly and again you know maybe maybe she had to like maybe she had to go full nine on that to embarrass him or or whatever or seriously in time we're going to punish her somehow totally possible Mm -hmm. uh but regardless of whether or not that's true and that was a conversation that three of them of them had to Tyrion, without that information, that was a twist of the knife, and I don't think he would hesitate in killing her for it. Yeah. 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 Now, she could have, because of all of this press, whether positive or negative, sometimes that leads to an increase in popularity, even if it's kind of a notoriety, oh. right? What's She gets set up at Aliyah's or something? What's the... Uh, oh, I hate to bring up this this despicable human being in any sense of the word, but the, the, we got Trump. What was the, and he's the one who I'm saying is a despicable human being. Uh, <laughs> who is the, um, the lady that came out that, I mean, Stormy there've been Daniels. so many Stormy Daniels. Yes. Sorry. She has, she has a, 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 a non pornographic career name. I, I don't remember it, unfortunately, but right. yeah. She, Stormy Daniels she's talked about how since all name. of this happened, her she's she's been more popular than ever before right yeah and yeah no no such thing as bad press kind right. of thing yeah and for a wonder if something like that could have could happen with shay yeah yeah in the age of of kind of social media and stuff that's more true than ever perhaps sure uh i'm not sure how true it is for a sex worker in king's landing <laughs> but eh, who knows yep. yeah i may be uh projecting uh, well i, I just haven't thought of it. I onto that you might be right and i just yeah. haven't put any thought into it mm-hmm. yeah that's all i got on shay yeah i don't i don't have much else um get it girl i i feel just one one question on shay just while we're on her because we might not come back to her for a while probably wouldn't do you think she regrets a little bit the twist of the knife or no i think so yeah. yeah, I think she's demonstrated I, enough humanity through the, the stuff we've seen with her and Sansa and stuff. I think she, she there's enough humanity in her that she feels bad. I don't know bad yeah, enough to do anything about it. I don't think she hated it, Tyrion. I mean, but, he, didn't, he didn't treat her poorly. Well, I, he didn't treat her well either. No. I, I just, I, he was a client, right? A longtime client. You develop relationships with clients. And it was and very beneficial for her. Beneficial she, for her for the yeah. most part and... I don't think she hated him enough to twist that knife. 
I think she had to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yep. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Tyrells. Yeah. I, Go ahead. No, I, I feel I feel like I've got a little bit of information for the rest of these, <laughs> but we covered most of the meat. Sure. So I feel I feel bad. Let's let's cut. Let's pick up the scraps, man. Let's do it. All right. Pick up the scraps. Yep. I'll eat them hungrily. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, in our outline, you asked if they sweat a bit. Uh, there's a quote is if Prince back Tyrion's thinking this before the trial by combat, he says, if Prince Oberyn won, it would further inflame Highgarden against the Dornish. Mace Tyrell would see the man who crippled his son, meaning Willis, helping the dwarf who almost poisoned his daughter, meaning Marjorie, to escape rightful punishment. Right. <clears throat> and in my opinion, the Tyrells just need to stay the course. I've said it before. Like, yeah, they're well positioned right now. Yeah. And you've got Loras and the Kingsguard. Marjorie's the friggin' queen of the seven kingdoms. Don't mess this up, Tyrells. You're right where you want to be. And I yep. think they'll stick that I, course. Yeah, I, I think I agree. And and that was when I wrote the, you know, do they sweat a bit? That's kind of what I meant about the over inside. Mm-hmm. And then as I was looking into it, I was like, yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think they're in a better position than the Martells leverage wise. Yep. And they can probably, you know, as long as Oberyn doesn't use that poison spirit to murder them all, they're probably going to be okay. And then I started thinking about it a little bit differently. Okay. And actually, the reason they have to sweat is Tywin. Hmm. Assuming he doesn't die in this mm-hmm. timeline, mm-hmm. Uh, he is going to make this whole thing, I think, a whole lot tougher for them. Because while they are an ally, I think he sees, I mean, seriously sees it too, right? They're a threat. Sees what they're, they're trying, trying to, to kind of take yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Tywin sees it and I think can do more about it. Mm-hmm. And so what you've got now is Olena Marjorie Mace. They've just joined the big leagues. Right, kind of like what you talked about with with Tyrion earlier. If they've got to contend with Ty with Tywin instead of Cersei, their their game has to has to go up a bit. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. All of a sudden, you're up against uh, Belichick instead of my high Matt school Patricia. football coach. Yeah, Matt Patricia. <laughs> the Lions, the Lions That's for you, Dop John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a bad NFL coach and. It... <laughs> Didn't want to throw it. I'm surprised you knew that Matt Patricia was the Lions coach. I did, yeah. That's amazing. I know that stuff. I couldn't name you a single NHL coach. Not one. Not a single one? No. John Haggerty. (laughs) No? Did I get one? I just went for Haggard and then I added a Y. You got to add like an Esposito or something. You got to go like... Throw something yeah, I, I can't. I can't name a single one. Did he Foot ever make there. it to the coaching ranks? Uh, he is a he's a player development consultant or something with the Avalanche. Just like a Love super it. posh job. Probably comes to work whenever he wants and skates Love around it. with sounds, the guys. Sounds but, great. Yeah, he's yeah. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. You're a legend in our organization. So yes, you've always exactly. got a job. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh I, that, I think that's all I really have on the Tyrells. I think you're right. They're kind of set. Uh, they need to stay the course and try to not mess this up. Yeah. Um, they do need to be very careful, though. You make a great point about Tywin. They need to yeah. be very careful. Yeah. So, yeah. Because Tywin knows. And Olena has to know that Tywin knows. And, and frankly, if he just offs an 80-year-old, they're in a much weaker position. Yeah. 
Because then you got Mace calling the shots. Then you got Mace calling the shots. Exactly. (laughs) And that will go well. Yeah. That will go really well. Yeah. Maybe maybe at that point they'd summon Willis to take care of this, but... Mm -hmm. Anyway. It's, isn't it crazy how much we believe in Willis when we know nothing? He's We're like, oh yeah, Willis could do all of it. He'd be fine. He has he never once it. appeared on page. <laughs> We're like, I'm sure he's extremely capable. <laughs> we have no uh, idea. We're just like, yes. How did Willis Mace get these kids? How did he get these kids? Yeah. Yeah. Our, our friend Beth, the word is running those polls mm-hmm. uh, for best father on Facebook. And uh, I had to argue for Mace. Yeah. I lost, but I had to argue for it. You and I both said something. I didn't really argue. I just said my piece and walked away. But Oh, yeah, yeah. For him, too. for him, the proof's in the pudding, man. It's just. Yeah. You got four great kids. Garland, awesome. Yeah. Loris, Garland's like, awesome. who's, the, who's the guy that plays Superman right now? That's who I imagine. Henry Cavill. Garland being. Yeah. It's kind of that, yeah, just like chiseled, perfect. Yeah, Loris is kind of choice. an A. I imagine but... like a, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what I imagine. I'll, I'll think about it. Send you, listen to my thoughts later. Okay. Cavill's a little too bulky for me. I feel, I feel like he's, he's a little bit more slender. Slender. But he's big. We yeah. know he's big because Loris couldn't fit in the armor, right? He's cut. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he fit in uh, the Baratheon boy armor. The, I've got some good stuff on Varys. Okay, so um, yeah, take us away. Well, so Varys, as we all know, shows Tyrion the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrion disappears up the ladder and, and murders Shay and, and his father on the potty. Mm-hmm. And then Varys disappears, as does Tyrion. Tyrion across the sea and Varys to who knows where. Right. He doesn't show up. Again, remember this is the end of the Storm of Swords. He doesn't show up until the epilogue of the Dance with Dragons. He's been hiding for basically two books. But really like one time length of books since Right. and Dancer was shared kind of thing. But um, so he disappears for a book. Um, and, you know, the question is all... It's interesting because I don't remember when I was reading it, like, Gail, I'm like, oh, yeah, where is Varys? Right, you don't even notice he's gone. You right? don't even notice he's gone. Mm-hmm. And like that, he's gone. Little little Kevin Spacey, Usual Suspects. Were you ever see Usual Ooh, Suspects? I never did. Can we talk about Kevin Spacey again? Is that okay? No, it's joking. not okay, but we can talk about Usual Suspects. <laughs> we can talk about the films. see if you have yeah, it because it's right. amazing. Yeah, I haven't. No, oh, I've not seen it. It's one of the one of the greats to me. Great film. Um. Anyway, where was I? Varys. So Varys. he wants the instability, right? I think when yep. he sees, when he when he says, "No, no, please don't go murder your father," and then he ships Tyrion off. He knows that that the realm is now in the hands of a nine year old and uh, and and a you know an unstable Cersei. Uh, I think he thinks my work here is done. Yep. Uh, and He's just going to let this play out. Right. I'll just let this play out. Doesn't even need to pull strings anymore. There. Just let it happen. Right. His murder of Kevin at the end tells you like, ah, this guy's maybe too capable. Let's get rid of him too. Exactly. Yep. But basically he thinks I'm, I'm good. I'm going to disappear for now. Mm-hmm. Um, now if Tywin dies of poison, maybe he still disappears. And then there is a theory. I kind of alluded to it earlier that, uh, that Varys is the one that actually poisoned 
hmm. Tywin and not Oberyn, okay. or that they work together or something. Mm-hmm. Regardless, so if, if Tywin dies, I think probably he still disappears, and maybe he also, may, maybe he sticks around to shuffle Tyrion along to encourage his departure to make sure he doesn't salvage things, you know, because his whole goal, you know, is is disorder. Yep. Here. But if all those people live, I think he sticks around to try to sow chaos and disorder where he can. Yep, he's got he's still got work to do. Yeah. So I yeah. think he sticks around. In that timeline, yes. In my timeline, if Tyrion goes to Dorne, Dorne yeah. I think maybe Viserys go or Viserys Varys goes with him. Really? That's cool. Just to I mean, that whole point is to sow discord. And if Well, Vic- under what like does he sneak out? Or does he just say, hey, guys, I'm going with them for some reason? Uh, I see them both sneaking out. Okay. And Varys probably orchestrates the sneak out. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, so they go together to Dorne. Uh, you'd think that if he really is behind, you know, Targaryen, if he's pro-Targaryen like that, he loves the idea of Daenerys coming back. Yeah. So I think uh, he continues to go there. I don't know that he feels any loyalty to Dorne. Um, or Tyrion in particular, but just as a way of you know, continuing to sow that discord. So I see him still maybe ending up with Tyrion. Yeah, I like it. Sneaking him out of the city, in fact. So still doing the same thing, just to somewhere else. Yeah, there, there's been there's been a kind of a lot of just conjecture about Varys, and is he really in for the good of the realm, or just a, a Targaryen toady, or, or what? Yeah. But it seems like his whole, all of his actions kind of line up with, with the whole Aegon Six plot and yeah. his reemergence with Kevin kind of being the nail in the coffin for me about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, do you think that all goes the same? I don't know because we've talked about this before. Is are they planning on Daenerys and Aegon getting together? Yeah, I think well, they are. That's that's kind of the impression we're getting, the, right? The plan they had. So so the way this works to, to remind everyone is in dance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's a it's it's kind of uh, I don't know, it's a boon or a curse. Well, it depends on what you think about Tyrion, but it's a bit of a boon. Let's call it just for now that Tyrion lands in Illyrio's lap, and he has Tyrion to send along on the barge to go south with Young Griff and and Aegon Six or Young Griff or Fagon, if you want to call him that. They send him down on the barge with them. And the idea being, you've got dragon knowledge, go with them and be, you know, be an asset. Basically, I think is the reasoning. Um, But on the way, Tyrion figures out the game. He figures out who Griff and young Griff are, um, theoretically. And, uh, and basically sows a different thought in Aegon's head. That thought of going west and not staying in Volantis, which is what the original plan was, mm-hmm. to gather the Golden Company, hang out, I guess, in hotels and brothels until Danny came west Coming and assumed she would stop in Volantis. I don't know why they assumed she would, but that they were going to stop, that she would stop in Volantis and when she got there, they would join them. That was kind of the original plan. And so the question is, if Tyrion isn't there, does the idea get planted in Aegon's head to go west. Probably not. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. 
the part part of me is so we have to remember that when when they left you know um the upper uh area of essos there near the the top of of the loin um some things were a little bit different and, and certainly when they planned it all things were different by the time they get to volantis uh and remember Tyrion got abducted so Tyrion's not with them when they get to volantis anyway but by the time they get to volantis and the golden company or outside of volantis danny's been stuck in marine for a long time mm-hmm. doesn't really show any sign of moving <laughs> and maybe the golden company and aegon realize that aegon has the better claim and that they don't know if danny's ever going to make it and that now's a really good time to attack the five kingdoms or the seven kingdoms because they're a mess with the war of the five kings right and that maybe they come to that conclusion on their own. I mean, Tyrion's smart, but, you know, the, the 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 evidence lines up for you pretty quickly if you're just sitting in a hotel, you know, swatting flies and waiting. Eventually you start thinking, like, couldn't we just do something else? What else could we do? Well, time is oh, money for a sellsword company. Exactly. If they're not working, they're not getting paid. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think they might come to that conclusion on their own is, is the short way to say what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. But I don't yeah, know. they would need, it would be the Golden Company coming to that conclusion more so than like Aegon and his crew. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then going to yeah. Aegon and saying, we need to do this. Yeah, I feel like most of Aegon's crew is, they're not the free thinking type. Nope. E- even the Half Maester, they've kind of been given their orders and they're like, all right, this is what we're going to go do. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, Connington's so afraid to mess up, right? I see that a big thing with him. He's so afraid of messing up this time. Yeah. Hmm. He's going to mess up anyway. He is, yep. Uh, anything else on Illyrio and Barris? Man, it's just, it's so hard when you just don't know what they're doing in the first place. It yeah. really is exactly what they're doing. We've got these little ideas, so it's really hard to even... Yeah. Yeah, think to about extrapolate. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, uh, move, moving that moving that marker even further. Then, so we have Jora, Penny, and the Marinese Theater section next. Uh, so, just as a quick reminder to everyone, if you've forgotten, Jora finds Tyrion before Aegon meets up with the Golden Company, um, and steals him, kidnaps, and him, goes yeah. to Volantis and gets on a ship where they meet Penny, um, and head on over to Marine. His goal, of course, to Present Tyrion, uh, the spawn of the person that murdered uh, her family and took over the throne, the Lannisters, uh, in ho- in hopes to get back in her good graces. So the question is, with Tyrion never even going there, what happens to Jorah? I mean, if you remember reading that section, it seems like the weirdest coincidence ever. To me. One of the weirdest coincidences of the book is that Tyrion is in this brothel and Jorah happens to be there. That he just happens to stop by. 20 miles away stop. from Volantis up the yeah, river. Right. Like, why are you there, dude? Yep. And, uh, and of course, Jorah, the, the sex worker he's with, is 
one that looks Targaryen-ish, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Yes, very much. Uh, creepy. Creepy. Yep. That's the word I was looking for. Um, Skeevy. Jorah's lost, man. Tyrion snaps him out of it. I don't know if he would have found that anywhere else. So he doesn't even really snap him out of it so much. No. But he gives him something to believe in. It's uh, like a it's like a, a lifeline. And it's a very tenuous lifeline. Yeah. Yeah. But Yeah, he's a mess. I yeah, I think he probably just dies in that brothel. Yep. By if, House if, Mormont. Well, that line of it anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And Penny. Good luck out there, kid. I don't... <laughs> yeah, slay, slay for life, no hope. Yep. I mean, Tyrion, for as terrible as he is, and we both, I think, think he's pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I love him in a lot of ways as a character. I think he's he's interesting, but also terrible. Um, he provides, he, he, has, he has a spark in him, a life, an intelligence. <laughs> I don't know what. I was going to say joie de vivre, but he doesn't enjoy it really. So it's hard to say that, but, but something that, that kind of inspires others in some way to take part. And Penny was just going to be a drone slave for the rest of her life. Right. And he's kind of invigorated her and given her life a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's in, I hate to reduce her to a plot device, but she kind of is uh, to show, I think Gurm uses her to show in one way, how far Tyrion is gone because he does treat her pretty poorly in some instances, yeah. but also just what he's got left in him and what abilities innate as they may be, he has in terms of influencing people in the way that you, you said in, in invigorating Penny. So yeah. she's, she's interesting in that way. Um, yeah. She's interesting in her uninterestingness. Right, because in her, on first read, yeah, you don't care about her at all. No. And then you kind of see what George is trying to do with her as a character in terms of reflecting where Tyrion's at. And you go, oh, okay. I see what's mm-hmm. going on with her. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then lastly, just on this thread, it's a, a very light thread we're pulling here, but, <laughs> you know, Tyrion, and it's all future stuff, so we don't, we're, we're speculating on a timeline that doesn't exist yet and how it would be different than ours. Um, but Tyrion eventually will land in in, in front of Danny is the, is the idea in Marine. Mm-hmm. He's been in the field there with the slave armies. Um, there's a lot of theories about you know what he may or may not do, but none of that happens in our timeline. How do you think that he, how do you think he might have affected Danny in the original timeline and how that changes now? Well, I think it, it changes now in, in my Dorn timeline is that, you know, she if she come if if and that's still just dropping Ooh. that egg from a very high distance, uh she uh oh, she yeah. does still meet, end up meeting with Tyrion then. She still gets it all. It's great. Yeah. It all comes back around. But that's conveniently needing her to be like, Oh yeah, Quentin, you do seem like a great option. Let me uh-huh. come back to, with you to Dorne. Huh. You're kind of hot underneath all that plainness. I think I will. If you scrape, you. if you scrape the mud away, uh, you're a complete y- dreamboat, Quentin Martell. 
let's run off to Dorne together. So in my timeline where he doesn't go to Dorne, nor does he end up in Marine, she's missing whatever knowledge that you know he was going to give could her. Potentially have, yeah. But I don't know if it matters. Yeah, I mean there there are people that believe that Tyrion is one of the dragon riders, one of the three hits of the dragon. I don't mm-hmm. really believe that. Um, but um, she's definitely going to miss out on whatever expertise he had about dragons. I don't know that that will matter. She's through experience knows more about dragons than he does already. <laughs> so I don't know if it really matters much. Right. The whole the whole Tyrion and Marine thing has always been a bit of a mystery to me, other than as a revenge point of. I'm going to join my enemy now um, has, has always been kind of weird to me. Yeah. It's interesting in that way of Lannister and Targaryen together. And then yeah. there's the whole Tyrion Targaryen theory. Maybe right. That's what I was alluding to with the, yeah. with the dragon thing. Right. Yep. Yeah. Right. So, so maybe she's dealing with a cousin or what would it be? It would be a, a oh, half be brother, a, a half brother. Yeah. Sorry. Whew. It's hard, these timelines. They do. They get crazy, man. It's, it's, it's spaghetti code, man. <laughs> the developers would say. Uh, is that it on these guys? That's all I've got. Yeah. Not much of a thread to pull, as you said. We put some stuff about the War of the Five Kings, War Against the Others. One person we haven't brought up in all of this is Stannis, up in the north right now. Yeah. I mean, does that even, does that affect anything? I was trying to think through that and like Stannis is clear up there, they're way down here. Does it even enter on Tywin's radar that Stannis is up there? Does, if so, does he do anything about it? I'm sure Tywin would know about him being up there, but would he do anything about it? At least in immediately? I don't know, man. Any thoughts on them? Well, I'm I'm hastily looking at the wiki to see when it was that he actually goes north. Um because it looks like he ends up there at the end of, of Storm of Swords when this whole trial thing happens. Mm-hmm. Um so it's kind of happening at the same time. Right. So if they've already left by the time this trial is kind of going on, no. I don't think I don't think he's changed maybe at all. Mm-hmm. Still got Tom and King, still got Lannisters in charge. You know, it's it's like reading the sports section. Oh, look, the Oberyn won the trial. I don't think, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it changes it. a whole lot for him. For him now, with Tywin still being alive, does Tywin pay any sort of attention to Stannis being up there, or is he like out of sight, out of mind kind of thing? <sighs> Yeah, I, I kind of, the only thing I have of note there is just, and I have this for the War of Five Kings too, just Tywin is going to be a better steward of making sure the War of Five Kings ends, mm-hmm. which includes Stannis. Um, he's going to probably not care about the war against the others at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of think he, he's been kind of... Um, been going on the model of let, let's let Roos handle the North. Yep. I made this deal with him. It's wolves he wants to hunt. Like, let's let him hunt them. Um, you know, so he, he's kind of let, letting Roos handle it. I don't think he's going to do a whole lot about it. Agreed. It's a, it's a low priority. Yep. 
He's got a lot more right in front of him than Stannis up in the north. And you know, he's got to chances... poop first. I mean... <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. I, 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 you're right. He's got a lot more going on in King's Landing that he needs to deal with. Tyrells that may be stabbing him in the back. Oberyn who, you know, might be trying to do some insurrection of his own. Who knows, right? I, I don't think he's thinking much at all about the North. Yep. He thinks of Stannis as on his last legs and will crumble him under his own weight. I think. Stannis isn't going to get past Moat Kaelin, even if he got that far. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's done. So, okay, okay. I think that might be it, man. I think. Yeah. We beat yeah. this one to death. Yeah, I, I put those on there because they're, the War of the Five Kings and the War Against the Other because they're kind of like the major backdrops of the series so far. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think I don't think this changes a whole lot. Right. This on either of them. This isn't quite as sweeping as our Rhaegar winning at no. the Trident one last time. Yeah, and yet, I think we spent the same focused. amount of time talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eh. But this one is yeah. this one is uh, very character focused, and that's what was fun. It was. It fun. was. I had a blast. And Tyrion, yeah. Oberyn, Tywin, Cersei. That was a good time. Doran. So. Listen, Cersei is always a good time. <sighs> always fun. Yep. Yep. All right. Are we ready for signing off? Yeah, it was fun, Skeddy. Um, I've got a much lighter sign off this week. Just a very simple one. In today's world, I, uh, you know. You find comfort in each other. So this, uh, as I always have a little bit of Dave Matthews playing on at some point during my day and week, uh, Dave Matthews band lyric, this is Matt signing off saying, I'll lean on you and you lean on me and we'll be okay. Nice and simple like that. Lean on me. No. Oh, that's a different, that's a different thing. No. Sorry. It's from a song it's called so- number 34. They have that's this, your favorite one. Isn't that your favorite one? No, that's number 41. They have this no. terrible habit of when they can't think of a name for a song. They make they just you swear it. and swear. Yeah. <laughs> number 34. All right, my sign-off. Sorry for ruining your sign-off. I didn't mean to make light of it. That's fine. It's a light sign-off. My sign-off is just a quote. I don't do this a lot, but uh, as I was reading about Oberyn and Doran, I came across this bit in the text that I really, really have always liked. This is uh, from Doran. I am not blind, nor deaf. I know that you all believe me weak, frightened, feeble. Your father knew me better. Oberyn was ever the viper. Deadly, dangerous, unpredictable. No man dared tread on him. I was the grass, pleasant, complacent, sweet-smelling, swaying with every breeze. Who fears to walk upon the grass? But it is the grass that hides the viper from his enemies and shelters him until he strikes. Father and I worked more closely than you know. But now he is gone. The question is, can I trust his daughters to serve me in his place? Love that bit. No, you probably can't, Doran. Probably can't, Doran. (laughs) Well read. Well said. I think that's it for tonight. Thanks, Kalisar. Yep. 
Good night, everybody. Good night, Skip. Good night. But they've been fun. Have you been have fun doing it? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It feels uh, refreshing. I, mean, I think it feels good. We'll, yeah, we'll see how this one goes. I feel I feel like this one's the last one we did was so expansive. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I feel like we could have talked about that forever. Yeah. I feel like this one's a little bit more isolated. Yep. Which might be good and it might be bad. I, mean, I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. But you Yeah, no, I, sure I had we'll fun. Play, I'm sure we'll go crazy places, but Yeah. Yeah, we probably probably will. Oh, dude, I've got a really dark timeline for Tyrion. Oh, do you? I got a dark one for him. I'm yeah. excited to hear it. I yeah. have three timelines for him. Ooh, I only have two. Um, so cool. But but none of them are very detailed. They're, they're <laughs> just very general. Okay, cool. Um, but anyway, all right. Well, shall we shall we jump in? Mm-hmm.